Welcome into Baltimore Sports today for Wednesday, August 23rd, 2017. This is episode 415. I'm Zach Will from BaltimoreSportsReport.com. Joined, as always, by my good pal, Jabby Burns. How are you today, Jab? I'm good, Zach. Uh, good, to, good to be back with you on uh, show 415. Can I ask you a quick question? Certainly. What happened in the summer? It flies I know we do that bit every year, but it's like you said, the, you said August 20th. I mean, I'm just engulfed in you know, work and new job coming up and uh, travel baseball and just all these different things that are going on that seem like... I went from like not a lot going on to way too much going on, and all of a sudden it's like the end of August. It rolls. Like, we're, it rolls. Where's San Diego? I went back there or not? Is that that's out? I guess so. summer. Do you, you know, oh. I, I listened to this uh, podcast, an, an NPR podcast. Uh, I think it was the NPR, the TED Radio Hour podcast. Yep. All about time the other day. It's all about time. Time really intrigues me. Like. Time travel intrigues me, just like length oh, of time, you know, the, the whole like balance of your, your your time and and you know how much how much work and play time you have. All that stuff really interests me. And they talk about like how long time feels as a kid. You know, do you remember like when you were a kid? How first of all, the school year just felt infinite. And, oh my! And you'd be in the school year in like October and think, I, I'm never ever going to get to the summer like it's it's never going to happen um and the summer you know even even the summer when you get to the summer you think man this is an amazingly long time and the older we get the shorter it feels and of course you know 60 seconds is still a minute and and 24 hours is still a day and uh you know a, a year is, is still 365 days all those things are still the same but the older we get the longer it feels or the shorter it feels right the shorter it feels um, and the only reason, basically, is because we have we, we've experienced more of those, right? We've experienced more summers, so yeah. summer feels feels fast. We've experienced more Christmases, so Christmas seems fast. Um, but I thought that was really interesting that that uh, the you know the older you get, it it feels faster because you you have that experience with it, which is a bummer, yeah. man. It should be the other way. I want I want summer to last forever. I, I want my, my Christmas seasons to, to go a long time. I, I don't I never want baseball season to end, you know? It's uh it's it's sad when all of those things wind down. Well you know what I wanted to end, Zach? The the hype for that dumb solar eclipse. Oh my god, where people You were like Mr. Anti Solar oh, Eclipse. What uh, why? What gives? <laughs> what what was wrong with the solar well, eclipse? Well here's the thing. There's really nothing wrong with it. But when you're when you're in charge of fifty kids under the age of let's say under the age of twelve and a you know we're like in Lucas Oil Stadium over here a copper mine, right? So then we have to figure out how to get these goggles because all everybody wants to put the damn glasses on like you're gonna go see E. T. in three D you're going to go outside and you're going to stare up at the sky and let me tell you what's going to happen. You can watch it on YouTube about a half hour later and it's going to be just the same. Plus, you're not going to burn your retina. Um, I, I don't know. I thought I got a lot of hype. I have a good friend, one of my besties that we've talked about. He's a big fan of this show and a big fan of you, uh, Jim Silvestri. And he drove all the way to South Carolina with his wife, dropped his kids off who knows where to get to a spot in South Carolina to look up and see this thing. And for him, it was like, uh, you know, it was like Manny Machado, Jonathan Scope, and and me sitting in McGurk's eating cheesesteaks for him. That's what it was for him. I I don't know, Zach. Maybe maybe it was the hype that got to me. Maybe I just really just don't care that much about it. But, uh, man, am I happy that thing went fast. Oh, that was, what, two minutes and 42 seconds of my life that I got right back right after. 
I thought it was cool. I think it's cool seeing something that you you can't see every day or see. Gonna see it in seven more years, supposedly. Once in a once in a lifetime. Really, I heard the next one, the next full, uh, the solar eclipse that, yeah. that at least we'll see down here is twenty forty five. That that's, yeah. that's the next one that we'll see now. Well, this one's like a partial. And listen, I'm not going anywhere to go see the the full eclipse, so it doesn't really matter unless I'm in that state or whatever it is. So in twenty twenty four, supposedly a partial will come through here again. And um, well, you know what I'm going to do, Zach? I'm going to sell glasses because those things were hot, baby. And guess what they can do with them now? Nothing. I couldn't find them anywhere. So. Uh, yeah. So I, I didn't I didn't pull a, uh, a a Trump or an Odell Beckham and look directly at it. <laughs> um, that was funny. See those kind of things made me laugh. But I did I did put on four pairs of sunglasses. I probably shouldn't say this. I did put on four pairs of sunglasses and look at it for maybe a half a second and did it and, hurt? And saw the crescent. No, I mean when I say like you know I mean. People were freaking out about you will you will go blind you will never see again if you look into an eclipse, and you know I I totally recognize that. First of all, I don't you know I I, I can't look at the sun regularly like I just right. it, I can't have it. it can't it can't I can't do it. Um, so with four pairs of and I'm not exaggerating, I had four pairs of sunglasses holding I wish I got a picture of that. That's and funny. it was like a it was like a one motion, like a up down, like and <laughs> and I saw the crescent thing, uh, and it was cool, and that was that was my experience with. That's it. like an Instagram thing where you know how they do that real quick thing, like up down type yep, bit. Yep. That's what they did for you. You should have had that. Well, I'm that happy was, for everybody out there who saw. Saw the eclipse. It sounded pretty awesome. You know what I saw a lot of, Zach? Why you guys, everybody else was looking up in the sky? What I was looking at one Manuel Arturo Machado's number, Zach. And um, since the All-Star break, you pulled up some numbers for me, Zach. Yes. And let's say, before the year, I want to give you some props. Because first of all, let's give ourselves some props here. You know that really wildly popular podcast, Bird's Eye View? You know those guys over I there? Do. That, like, I do. And they do a bunch of good like music, and they're funny, and all the things that everybody talks about them. Well, they can kick rocks all the way down to the sand because your boys owe me a big bottle of Tito's now because my boy Jonathan Scope has, I don't know, what, 27 home runs now. I think we've cleared whatever fake number they continue to bring up. But what you said at the beginning of the year was Manny Machado was going to lead the Orioles in home runs. And last time I checked, at recording time today, he is tied with one Jonathan Scope. Manny Machado is tied for the Orioles' lead in home runs currently with 27. Hit another one last night. Uh, tied I mean, with with John, he's hitting Scope. bombs right now too. He is really, really uh, co- connecting with the ball, um, and and he's been fantastic since the All Star break. He's hitting three thirty three. He's got nine of those twenty seven home runs. Um, so, I mean, also some really patient at bats from uh, from Machado, specifically last night. He's got ten walks uh, in those thirty eight games since the All Star break. So I've been uh, very impressed with with Manny Machado, and I think you know I, I should be fair here. I also predicted that Manny Machado would be the American League MVP this year, and despite what Mike Bordick said last night, uh, he has not performed at an MVP uh, caliber level this this year. So uh, he's he's not going to be an MVP, but I do think that when it's all said and done, he will be the Orioles' leader in home runs. Uh, now that that should have been a surprise for everybody because of guys like Mark Trumbo and Chris Davis. Uh, I don't think anybody thought it would be Scope and Machado racing for the uh, Orioles home run lead uh, here in in the end of August. I think that would have caught some people off guard. Maybe not you, Jab. Maybe not you, but I think some other guys would have thought uh, perhaps the Orioles, you know, the the big power bats would be the guys 
Uh, that you mean we, the guy that makes $165 million? And those guys, yes. Guys and 67 yeah. RBIs. I looked at his numbers yesterday, too, and obviously I'm talking about Chris Davis. Can I ask you a quick question before, before we get off the, the Manning train? Because I want to jump right on that thing and, and ride it as long as I can. Is there, a re, is there a baseball player that has been out sick more than Chris Davis? Yeah, it seems to be uh, a, You're never a sick, by the way. Seems to be a common thing. I, I know these the guys are on the road a lot. I know they... You know, it's hotel room after hotel room, you know, one thing after another. I, I get that. It, it does seem to be a lot with Chris Davis. I, I don't... Like wanting just one game. For some reason, he always has like two games. He's like his tummy is so strong that he can't make it to the second game. I don't know. I don't care about the money. I've always said that. I'm not going to get mad about it. I would like the production to be better. And I'd like for him to swing the bat occasionally when, you know, you have the bases loaded. That, that's what I would like to see. Which is what I wrote about actually last oh. week on, on Masson. I, I think, you know, Chris Davis is, is I, I think, I don't know what the message has been to Chris Davis from, you know, from the front office to the coaching staff, but it seems like there's a big concern with the fact that he strikes out a lot. Um, and I think that's gotten into his head as far as, you know, when to swing, which he's still <laughs> going to strike out a lot. He's just going to strike out looking a lot this time. And I would rather Chris Davis, you know, strike out 200 times and hit 35 home runs than strike out 200 times and hit uh, 20 home runs, which is, which is what happens when you don't swing the bat. Um, yep. so my thing has always been let, let Chris Davis swing. He needs to be a free swinger. He's going to just run into balls that are going to go out. He hit an opposite field home run two days ago that just, again, had no business leaving the ballpark, but that's what he's going to do. If he swings the bat, he's got to, he's got to be allowed to swing the bat. It has to be confident enough to go up there and take those kind of hacks to hit those home runs. Yeah. He's not going to get cut, right? He's not going to get uh, you know, he's already been dropped down in the order. I mean, as, as it is, every time I look even farther down, whether it's a right here or a lefty on the mound. So they've done everything they can. Um, I heard things in the behind the scenes that during the trade deadline that they would do anything to, to move Chris and his contract. Um, the problem is they would have to not only pick up some money, but they would also have to trade one of their prospects to actually make that happen. That's not going to happen at this point. You, you have what you have. We didn't like the contract when it was signed. Zach and I both Said we would love to have Chris Davis back, but that number's crazy. We never had, we never bid against ourselves. All these different things that are going on. <clears throat> I don't care if he made eighty million. I don't care if he made three hundred million. My point is, you gotta swing the bat. You are a huge part of this team, especially in the middle of that order. And the protection, the protection that Manuel Machado is not getting now, he's getting protected now by a guy who's hitting third on the Orioles and Jonathan Scope. That, in my opinion, is a much more valuable player to the Orioles than Chris Davis. Uh, right now, yeah, right now he certainly is. There's, there's no. And he's not going to make it. And he's not getting 165 million in two years, is he? That. Uh, I maybe I don't know. Who knows what what is going to come in free agency? I I still you know I I am of the mindset. I know there's a lot of folks that still want to want to blow it up, rebuild from the ground up, um, no. chip off valuable pieces. In my mind, you you got two very valuable pieces in Jonathan Scope and Manny Machado. I yep. think committing to those guys and, and building around those guys would be what I would like to see. Uh, I, I still think it can be done. I know people think there's zero chance in the world that the Orioles are able to sign Manny Machado. And, and I say look around at some of the big contracts that have been signed. Look around at, at, at the money that the Orioles have committed to keeping their own players. 
and get creative, it, it can be done. You have to, you know, change some organizational philosophy. And I mean, specifically with uh, the feeling on opt-out clauses. And, and I, I hate to just bring up a point that I've, I've hammered for really years on this podcast, but I will again. Uh, the Orioles can sign Manny Machado. They absolutely can. They can backload a contract. Uh, they can they can make him the highest paid player in baseball history. They they have not only the funds but the the creative ways of accomplishing that task. Should it be necessary, right? Uh, and the way in which they do that is by you know making his contract heavily backloaded and giving him an opt out clause at a time that. Uh, would allow him to sign another gigantic contract. Now, the yeah. beauty of the opt-out clause is that if Manny Machado uh, is uh, the, the type of player that I think we, we all expect him to be, he's going to opt out the most expensive years of that deal and re-sign, and likely at that point re-sign with a team um, for really stupid money, a really a contract that's really going to hurt a franchise or not, depending on their market size. I'm talking like an Angels, Albert Pujols type deal, an Angels, uh, Josh Hamilton type deal, and, uh, you know, a, a Yankees, Alex Rodriguez type deal. Not to just completely pick on the Angels. Other teams do it too. Uh, yeah. and, and he could he could re-sign after opting out with one of those teams for his decline years. But none of that happens if you don't give the player uh, an opt-out. And uh, honestly, it works out in favor of the team, too, because you don't end up paying for those declining years. You let somebody else pay, and you're able to lock up the player for however many years, four, five years, however many years Machado's young uh, during his prime peak seasons for a cheaper value. So that's how it can be done. Uh, whether the Orioles choose to do that or or ignore that possibility is completely up to them. Well, I, I'm completely. I wish you would. I, I mean, listen, I'd hire you in the front office in ten seconds, and it would be amazing, and we, we would actually be like a regular organization. I, I'm just going to enjoy what we have for now, and, and I'm not going to. At this point, I'm not going to get all you know worried about whether Adam's going to be here, whether Manny's going to be here in a couple of years. I'm going to enjoy the last Friday night that I saw Manny hit three home runs, one yep. of them a walk off grand. Amazing. I'm going to enjoy the home run he hit. Um, was that Tuesday night to center field? And when I say center field, I mean to the back of the bleachers in center field. That it's just it, the balls just don't go there normally. You just don't see those kind of uh, home runs and the way that he's hitting them. He's hitting them now. You know, dead center, if not off to the right a little bit. That's that's a ball at Camden Yards that you just don't see very often. Um, I'm going to enjoy those times. I'm going to enjoy the plays at third base. I'm going to enjoy the times that he's here. If he's here after it, great. I'm, I'm going to be even more excited. Let's build around him. Let's build around scope. And let's go out and get some pitching. I know that sounds like a weird concept, but um, no, I'm with you. And, and if the Orioles want to be competitive, especially in a division that's only going to get stronger as it you know, as we continue to talk about the Red Sox and the Yankees and, and even the Blue Jays who will spend some money, the Orioles are going to have to be creative because if they're going to use the, the cost constraints as a excuse, then get creative, as you said. Get creative. Find a way to move some of these contracts. And, and like you said, backload them a little bit. Give some opt-outs. Just kind of be progressive, Zach, something that the Orioles inside the warehouse aren't big on. Yep. Yep. They're, they're going to have to be. And so the thing, you know, kind of getting back to Machado as far as statistics go and the home run chase, the Orioles home run chase, I guess <laughs> you could call it. That's all we got left. 
None of this really should be surprising. I mean, Machado was, in, in the first half, a guy who was still leading the Orioles in, in you know, hard hit percentage. And, and now he's just behind Chris Davis, coincidentally enough, when, when he swings. Uh, 40.6% of the, uh, of the balls he, he is making contact with are hit hard. 39.6% uh, of the of the balls Machado hits are are you know classified as hard according to the Fangraphs too. So none of that should be surprising. He was just I mean incredibly uh, limited in terms of uh, you know batting average on balls in play. Kind of kind of running into really what what I think is some bad luck. And now it's finally 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 starting to turn for him, um, which has been really fantastic to see uh you know the the results of all of that um it's been it shouldn't be surprising we knew that that this caliber of play was there for Machado but kind of like you said it's hard to his average now despite you know hitting 333 since the all-star break is still uh 263 so I I still think he's going to end up finishing you know behind scope not near a, a 300 average just because of kind of the damage that was done in the first half. Yeah, that's probably what it's been. And obviously John's not going to – John's, in my opinion, John's not a 300-type hitter. I think you could swap those two numbers, those two batting averages. Maybe the power numbers are pretty close. I think John's going to continue to surge when it comes to power numbers, but I don't see him as a 300 hitter. I mean, I think John hit around 245, 250 last year maybe. Um, so I think he's been really, really good. I think he's been pretty comfortable in the three-hole. I have to give him props. That's not an easy spot in the lineup that's no, loaded with guys. incredibly tough. And um, think about the protection they're getting from each other. First of all, Tim Beckham's been a fantastic uh, guy at the top of the lineup. That's been a really, really great um, addition to the Orioles at Amazing. the deadline. Yep. Just been unbelievable. So, you know, props to Dan because that, that is a huge pickup, and especially with the fact that he's under team control for a couple of years. I don't expect to see – J.J. Hardy getting that many reps even when he does come back. And I love J.J. Hardy, but, you know, it's not even close watching Tim Beckham, how much he can help the team and an actual leadoff hitter, which then moves Adam to the four hole, a spot where – think about where Adam has hit on this team. He's hit first. I think he's hit second before. I know he's hit third, and now he's hitting fourth. And I, and I just can't believe what this guy has done for the organization. Um, I'll, I'll always talk about Adam in the most glowing terms. He's really moving up my Nick Markakis wagon of, of a, my favorite player with the Orioles. It's just what he does and how he presents himself and how much he enjoys playing the game. Um, but that's the protection that you have there. And you add him at the top of the lineup. Trumbo's had an you know, up-and-down type year. Castillo was hot, and he's been getting hurt. Other than that, if it wasn't for Mancini, and I'm not even bringing up Chris because he's done nothing really to help it. Mancini's been fantastic right there. I mean, this lineup is potent, one through four, you know, and then maybe even five and put Mancini in there. Just It's just amazing how you know John's gone from a six, seven, sometimes eight hitter so basically being the three-hitter from the second half of the season on, and Manny's really flourished in the two-hole. I've always liked him in the two-hole. Um, I think he enjoys hitting there in the two-hole. Um, I think it's just it's just the more at-bats you get for him, the better. Uh, and, and just this lineup, can it can rake a little bit. The problem always will come back to pitching, of course, but still, what let this team down early in the season, Zach, and we talked about it, was the offense. And I think that's something people didn't want to talk about, but it, that it was true. This offense let them down towards the, the beginning of the season and where this team has gotten their rut. Of course, pitching will always be the major issue, but let's not pretend the offense wasn't great. The second half of the season, I think the Orioles have scored close to the most runs in baseball. Um, you know, overall, so they're getting that, but they're just basically kind of in that same spot where they got to score six runs. And that's crazy nowadays in baseball. So you got to score six runs, and I just it's just too difficult for this team to overcome. 
Yeah, four four wasn't enough last night with Jimenez giving up five in five yep. innings. Um, uh, yeah, so they do have to score six runs. I, I think a, a huge part of kind of where they're at in the standings right now is just looking at, at Mark Trumbo and, and Chris Davis's numbers, right? I mean, yeah. uh, we know what, what the Orioles pitching staff is. Um, those guys just have not produced, neither one of them really. I mean, if, if one of them kind of had a, a, at least an average year, uh, I think that the Orioles would be at, at least 500 in their, what, they've fallen four games back 500 yeah. now? Yeah, 61 and 65. Um, but neither one of them has produced even at, a, at an average rate so far this year, and, and they need that. I mean, they, they are a team that's built on the long ball, right? I mean, and, and when they are not atop the leaderboard in, in hitting home runs, they're not going to be atop the leaderboard in the standings. So they, they have got to get the home runs. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the deal is with Davis's approach. Um, you know, I, it's not surprising he doesn't have to see those guys have a, a down year. I mean, power comes mm. and goes. But it is a little strange when you look around the rest of the league at, at – you know, I mean, the home run rate is just soaring right now in the rest of the league. There's quite a bit of talk about the ball being juiced because we're just, you know, seeing home runs hit at, at a historic rate. I mean, at a at a steroid era rate, really. But the yeah. Orioles' two big power hitters just have not, uh, you know, come up with the type of numbers that we expect them to to see. So uh, I think well, what that about this has, team? has as much to do with it as as the pitching does right now. Yeah, and where would they be if Chris had a normal Chris Davis type year in the 30s, even in home runs? And Trumbo did. Think about it. I mean, Adam's going to get close to him. I mean, he's, I think Adam's at like 26 or something along those lines with his yeah, home 24. run. Yeah, 24. Yep. 24. Yeah, 24. So he'll get to 30. Manny's going to hit over 30. Scope's going to hit over 30. You have all three of those guys there. I mean, Beckham's probably close to 30 the way he was raking at the beginning of the year when he got here. Um, you know, and Mancini's had a fantastic year. He's kind of getting lost in the shuffle and the way this is going. Um, obviously, Judge will get the rookie of the year, um, and, and, you know, deservingly so. But I think Mancini's got to be in the top three there. He's he's played from beginning to end. He's basically played every day. He's played the outfield, Zach. He's played first base i haven't heard a peep from him in in regards to he has just gone out and become a professional baseball player that goes out every day and whatever buck asked him to do so i have to say i didn't see that i i, I wanted to see more from mancini and I've, I've grown to like him more and more as i've watched him throughout the year so um hopefully that's at least a couple pieces that you can start looking at you know towards next year i don't think we're completely out of it zach but there's so many teams to climb it's very difficult and you know if they don't get the, the pitching every fifth day, you, I mean, Dylan Bundy's being pushed back again. And, you know, Chris Tillman looked, I mean, just, I feel so bad for Chris because he's hurt. I don't know why he continues to go out there, but I guess you got to run somebody out there, Zach. You can't run Alec Asher there out there every night. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a long list of teams to climb right now. The Warriors are four and a half back. They're behind uh, Tampa, Texas, Seattle, Kansas City. And the Angels for the second wild card, which is uh, being held by the Minnesota Twins right now. So four and a half back by- isn't isn't unattainable. I mean, it, it's really it's not here on August twenty no. third, but it's the the list of teams between them is just it's, it's crazy. And the way they're playing, it's hard to see them right. uh, kind of kind of picking up that ground. Are you surprised by the Angels? Because I know at the beginning of the year, both you and I thought this Angel team, regardless of Trout's on the team, it's not even been Trout as much. I mean, they just continue to 
win some of these close games. They, they've been getting some really good. I can't believe Bud Norris is their closer. I still that just <laughs> makes me crazy. Um, but he's been pretty good in that in that spot. Uh, that kid Simmons, I think their shortstop is like second in WAR. I looked at I think Batuve just overtaking him. But I mean they've been getting just just crazy things from different people on that lineup. So, I mean, as much as you and I think Socha should have been gone four or five years ago, he's keeping that thing, that team together. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I don't think it's just Trout. I think they've had it from a lot of people. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. I'd like to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, I think, I mean, to answer your question, I think the American League, and look, I, I'm happy that the Orioles uh, are in this thing in late August. Yeah. Like it, it makes it fun. I'm gonna watch every night regardless, oh, yeah. but it makes it fun that there's at least something to play for. Uh, but let's let's be frank here. I mean, the American League is uh, pretty mediocre in terms of oh, you know, yeah. the, the wild card race, right? Uh, the Yankees are ten games over 500, holding on to that spot, and you know, deservedly so. But the fact that there are, I mean, how, how many teams for a second wild card? One, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, if you go down to the Orioles, there's seven teams chasing a, a second yes. wild card. Um, I, I like it. I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying that I wish that, that there wasn't a second wild card. That it's stupid that there's so many teams. Some of these teams are frauds, though. But yeah, but I mean, come on, like it's it's not, uh, it's it's a pretty you know mediocre in, in a normal year. I don't think we would be all that impressed with, you know, the, the type of season that the Angels have had because uh, they, you know, wouldn't, they wouldn't be taken as seriously as they are right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Look at the National League, too. The it's National like the Dodgers League is so top-heavy. It's so yeah. top-heavy. It's crazy. Uh, and, and really, in the American League, I, I would say there are three teams that I would roll out, and they'd be Oakland, Detroit, and the White Sox, who were 10.5, 10.5, 10.5, and 16.5 back. Toronto's behind the Orioles at six games back. They're probably out too, but you know they're not too far behind uh, behind our team. So it's, it's hard for me to say right. that they're out also. And I always go yeah. by the rule of thumb. In, in 2011, uh, the Rays were out eight and a half games on September 1st and ended up making the playoffs. So keep yep. that in mind. Keep that in mind. Right. Anything can happen the last month of the season. I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. But holy crap, the National League is, is just nuts. I mean, it's totally, totally crazy. Mostly because the uh, Dodgers are going to win over 100 games. But They might yeah. catch challenge for 125 to the Seattle Mariners. They, I mean, they, they yeah. never lose. They don't. Nope, it's crazy. I mean, I was looking, I think like 55 games over? I mean, that's we just are an absurd. 89-35. and 35. So what's your feeling as a baseball fan on the super team? I mean, I know some, some people love watching the Dodgers and love seeing uh, a, a team that is so far out in front of everybody else. How do you feel about that? Well, I have to say I don't really consider them a super team in that they're winning a lot of games. But besides, you know, Kershaw, who's not even there, besides Bellinger, who's been just unbelievable this year, and he's, been, he's on the DL now as well. Really, they're getting it from everywhere. I mean, it's like Turner's have been unbelievable. Seager's been great. They keep bringing guys in off their in their here's here's a weird concept Zach, out of their farm system that are fantastic. And you know, they get the pitching. They get I don't know. It's just been I actually enjoyed watching their run. I don't see a lot of their games, but every time I look up, they're finding a way to win. And I'll tell you what they do have. They have a legit hammer in the back of that bullpen. Has Jansen given up a hit this year? I mean, that guy is unbelievable when they bring him in. It is full-blown Zach Britton-type curtains when that when they come in. So, no, it doesn't bother me because they're not like this team that was built 
you know, obviously they have a huge payroll, but it's not like this team that's, um, you know, it was just loaded with all these free agents. They've done a great job of bringing guys through their system, added some ancillary pieces. They picked up Darvish, shocker, he goes on the DL, doesn't matter. They got somebody else they can bring up. Alex Wood, somebody you and I talked about in the offseason as, as a potential body for the Orioles. He's just gone out there and, you know, what, I don't know, his ERA is under three. He's got about 15, 16 wins, whatever it is. They continue to find a way to win. And so I think it's actually impressive because it's not like the Dodgers are this team that, you know, was built you know, uh, yet old school Yankees or Red Sox type way. I think they've done a really good job within their system. Plus, they have the pieces to actually move people to get some of the guys that they need. So, so I've actually like, been impressed. It's like they, they have a core that they established, right? Yep. And then they added free agents to support that core? That's kind of what it, it kind of seems to me. Well, it's like the Yankees in the 90s. And I hated the Yankees in the 90s. So you know what? I hate the Dodgers, too. I think the Dodgers <laughs> are the modern-day Yankees. I do. And, and I don't know if it's because they're out on the West Coast and, and people don't pay as much attention to it. Um, I don't like super teams. I, I, you know, I spieled with you before uh, we started doing this podcast about how I'm not in favor of of uh, adding a salary cap in baseball. First of all, it's yep. never going to happen, so it's a stupid thing to even argue anyway. The, the players yep. union will never let it happen. Uh, but I spiel with you about how I, I think that salary caps are stupid and that the players deserve the most money over the owners, and the money's got to go somewhere, and I'd rather it go to the guys that I you know want to watch play rather than the guys that own the teams that, of the, that I like watching play. Uh, and to me, the the Dodgers are you know a perfect example of huge market, and they've done it right. They've done it smart. They've established their players, and they have been able to uh, acquire guys uh, up until really this this uh, trade deadline, uh, acquire guys via free agency without depleting their farm system. So they've got a really strong farm system, and they they have you know strong free agents, and they're going to continue to push in that direction. Uh, and this is a team that I hope uh, I will root against feverishly in the playoffs because it kind of goes against the fact that I think baseball is a fair game, right? That I, that I argue against the salary cap. That every now and then there's teams like the Dodgers, like the Yankees, like the Red Sox uh, that just spin, 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 spin. And even though they're doing it smart... Uh, it goes against the fact that I, I think that this game is is fair. I mean, the, the Orioles, uh, I, I like to think that the Orioles can compete like any other team. But the Orioles cannot compete like the Dodgers. It, they, they do not have the funds uh, that a team like L.A. or New York or Boston has where uh, they, they can build a, a strong farm system, but they can't couple it with you know two hundred million dollar, three hundred million dollar signings every off season like those teams can. Uh, and that that just is not possible for them. And that's that's what the Dodgers have done. And I will root against them because I don't think that that's that's a, a good thing for the rest of the league. So uh, good for you them. Like they're they're fifty four games over five hundred. I hope they lose in the first round of the playoffs. And that could happen. I mean, Seattle did, and it was it 2001. They but they won 125 games, and I think they lost in the first round. Um, I, I, listen, I, I grew up on the West Coast, as I've you know told people nauseously enough that everybody knows. But I, so I rooted against the Dodgers because I've grown as a Padre fan. I just kind of it doesn't. But they don't bother me as much because, like I said, besides Puig's antics, some of those guys are pretty easy to root for. I mean, you like Clayton Kershaw. Um, you know, I I think I think Justin Turner has just been a fun 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 guy to watch, and he seems like a great character. And you know, it, it just kind of I, I guess I'm just jealous that they can 
have things happen like that that can through their system be able to kind of build it but as you point out you also have the money to make a mistake you know you if something doesn't work out it's no big deal they can go ahead and draft a guy whether or not they think he's going to go to college or um you know and stay with them in the first round something the orioles can't do because they can't offer that guy a little bit more than other teams can so yes they have the more of the money to go at it but again you got to be able to do the right things and right now they've done it so far and um We'll see what happens. I'm with you. I think the National League is going to be unbelievable playoff to watch because I do think the Nationals, if they get everybody back, will be in the mix. Um, I really, th- I really, th- I can't believe that Colorado and Arizona are both like 30 games back and they're like, they're like 30 over. You know what I mean? It's just unbelievable how the numbers have worked out. And yeah. you look at them, they're like, well, they're in the wild. They're one of those two teams are going to make the wild card probably. Um, I think the Nats would be okay. And then you know, and I don't know. I just. I think the Cubs still have something left in them. I think the hangover is almost getting ready to be done with. I do think that they're playing a little bit better, but they're also playing teams like Cincinnati. They're taking care of business. I said that they were going to turn it around at the All-Star break and they would end up running away at the division. That hasn't happened. The Cardinals have hung around. Pittsburgh's hung around a little bit. Even Milwaukee's hung around. So at least the Cubs are going to have to play meaningful games towards the end of the year as opposed to the Dodgers, who basically right now I looked at it. I think the Dodgers can clinch. I think their magic number is like 18 or something. I mean, I think it's something absurd, and we're talking about on the 23rd of yeah. August. It's cr- Usually not talking about magic numbers this early. Yeah. No. <laughs> little <laughs> crazy. little crazy. Anyway, all right, well, that's that's where we're at. We'll, uh, Orioles are still in it. Still in it. Not out yet. Uh, Telling so me there's a chance. Continue to uh, monitor and watch every night and are still watching meaningful baseball. Um, and I still think Manny Machado is going to finish with the Orioles leading home runs. I stand by that. He's not going to be the AL yes. MVP. And I would, but no. Oh well. But I'll watch. I'll tell you this. I'd rather watch those things happen than some preseason football. I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Absolutely. And someday Joe Flacco is going to come back. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know that I agree. Eh, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Yep, we got plenty of time to talk about that terrible. We do. We certainly do. Is it hockey season yet, Jab? God, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, all right, Jabby Burns. Good talking to you, my friend. You too, pal. Jab, I am Zach. Thanks for listening to Baltimore Sports today. Enjoy your Wednesday. We will talk to you again soon.